Hey everybody, David here, aka DJM. Thanks so much for listening to this and all the other Delta Juliet Mike podcasts. And remember, if you have any problems finding this in iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Music Podcasts, or wherever, if you can't find it by name, search my name, David Majors. Thanks again for listening. Hey everyone, welcome to It's In Season, the anime podcast that is following right along with you during this anime season of spring 2016 Anno Domini. I'm David Majors, also known as DJM, my two co-hosts. First of all, coming to us from Kent State University by way of somewhere in the general vicinity of the state of Ohio or maybe Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, I'm not entirely sure which one. Cody, not that Cody, Cody Anderson. What's up, Codiferous? You know, I'm somewhere in Ohio trying to survive pre-finals week. So that's what I'm trying to do. I believe in you. And just remember to trust in the heart of the cards, young man. You will be A-okay, I believe. I believe, I believe. Uh, coming to us from somewhere else in the great state of Ohio... Uh, my longtime podcasting brother from another mother. Uh, once I called him the Chris Hero to my Claudio Castagnoli. Once the Kevin Steen to my El Generico, although I like to think we're on better terms than that now. Uh, Mr. Richard Waters. Richard, what is going on, my friend? I actually have no idea what's going on. I finally had the answers and you changed the questions for a couple seasons now. You introduced me before Cody, and you just switched it up on us. So I I got to stay up to date. I, I can't rest on my I, laurels here. I'm being moved up the card. What can I say? Maybe the, it's because Cody picked the two episodes. So he's, you know, he's moving up the ranks. Or the two shows, I should say. See, there you guys go again, giving old Deej way too much credit. I'm thinking of all of this completely on the fly. You know me, I'm... I'm a grizzled old vet- veteran. I'm I'm calling it in the ring just as we go. And uh I'm calling it with our two shows that we picked for our debate episode, both picked by Cody. Uh and let's just jump into the first one, and that is The Lost Village. Uh Cody, this was your pick. Uh we're a couple of episodes in. Uh how are you feeling so far? Uh, let's just jump in with Episode one and episode two. Let's just kind of condense both of these together because I feel like all of us will have a lot to say about this show. So how are you feeling about The Lost Village so far? Well, the first episode kicked off with the cast with the cast introducing themselves. And yes, it's a fairly large cast with over 30 characters. It's going to take a few episodes to get to know everyone's names 
there are obvious, obviously characters that stand out due to their personalities and random traits. The cast is on a bus trip and to leave the old world behind and start anew in this fabled Nanaki village. It's made clear from the start that there's something more to this village and the characters themselves. They all have different reasons for being there, some with more basic motivations than others. Part of the draw of the show will be to see how they develop moving forward and how they interact with each other. At least there is a clear attempt to make some of them interesting. Some are funny and likable, while the other ones are just shitty and probably going to be canon folder. The bus driver, who is not a part of the trip, calls the kids out for being selfish jerks while being a selfish jerk himself. I kind of expected that at this point. It's a typical 2016 thing. But at the same time, his I'm an adult speech, you're wrong. I don't know. Plenty of these characters don't care much about anything but themselves. So you do get a sense that there's more to them than the show's letting on. We'll see how that goes. One moment I enjoyed a lot was the group sing along with the morbidly depressing song. I wasn't expecting it. It got a laugh out of me. I hope they continue that. Just random sing-alongs. In the first episode from that point, I thought the production values are solid. And while it may be a little over the top with the characters, I'm interested in seeing how the relationships and situations play out for these people, hoping for a new beginning. It's too early to see how the Lost Village stacks up against competition this season, but I am more interested in see how things turn out. But going into episode 2, our characters find themselves alone when they arrive to the village. No one came to greet them as they thought was going to happen, and not a single soul can be found at the Naki village. It's, it reveals itself to be abandoned, or at least appears that way. As a viewer, that was kind of obvious. Correctly guessing what's going to happen is okay to me, because it's a mystery. That The why of something is often more interesting than the what of it. The show does a pretty good job of continuing to add more tension and mystery to things by leaving certain cues and unanswered questions along the way. By the end of episode 2, the bus driver ends up joining the group, despite calling them cowards for giving up on their lives. When we saw the bus driver, he sees something in the forest that the viewers do not get to see. Whatever it is, he appears to be unharmed, and that drove him to join the group. In time, we'll see what changed his mind. I feel like it has something to do with this village. What I'm going to enjoy the most about the Lost Village is the moral... Uh degradation of the group the idea of sane people twisting logic and ethics or just abandoning it entirely for their own fear-driven or selfish gain is more exciting to me people lose their sense of morality end up turning on each other the group will have to govern themselves at some point and create a system i see this group falling apart fairly easily i don't know about you two but that's how i feel all right cody i'm gonna break you from your script Yes. Uh, you mentioned that there are quite a few characters, and so far I want to know from you which characters stood out to you the most, and if there are any characters so far that you might actually be rooting for, which characters are they? Well, I enjoyed the couple, uh, Love Pawn with, who likes, who wants everyone to be executed. Um, let's see. The rapper guy, he kind of stood out. 
Then there was, I can't remember his name, but he's the one that front always arguing with the tour guide. I kind of want to see him to die, though, personally. <laughs> okay. But uh, oh. I will admit, though, the main character is so boring. He's kind of lost in the background at some point. Do you think that's probably the point? Because he's that typical no-personality anime protagonist dude? Do you think that might be the point? I hope so, because his story is like on the bottom list of things I care about regarding this show. All right. Um, Richard, so far... Uh, we're a couple of episodes into The Lost Village. Uh, how are you feeling about this huge cast of characters? And, and how, what's your take so far? Well, I, I don't remember why I picked it to, for us to go with this series. I guess Cody was just very good at uh, convincing me. So I basically went in blind with this, not really knowing what to expect. And yeah, there's a lot of characters. And I won't even attempt to have any of their names memorized except for one not because she's a character that i really know but just because her name was soy latte that's the only one i have memorized i think she's one of the not old ladies but older uh, girls with glasses and uh i'm gonna go ahead and say it two of my favorite characters so far is the uh the cat girl with the gun I like her just because of the uh, meowing uh, and puns that she does with the feline persuasion. I also enjoy the uh, the short girl that wears the, I don't know, maybe cat ears hoodie. She's kind of the Ray character, silent, and just makes little one-liners putting down the main character. It seems we do have a main character. He's a – he's basically for the uh, – an avatar for the viewer, I guess you could say. But there's definitely an ensemble cast because there's like 30 of them. And you can't really dedicate too much time to them. So, you know, they're all leaving their life, exiting the old life to go to this new village, giving everything up behind. And what's interesting is uh, the old man that was driving the bus, just just they just had to do it. They had to go off on, on the kids saying – you don't really have it as hard as me or anyone else. You just need to pick yourself up by your bootstraps and just do what you got to do. Damn millennials. So, that, that was, yeah, one of those. It was just a little cringeworthy. It's like, uh, I can't, I, you can never get away with it. But one thing though is uh, he seems to just care about himself and bettering himself. So one of the characters actually, when, because they have, threatened to abandon him because he couldn't actually take them all the way to the village because something happened on the bridge before the village. And they all offered him their money and saying, because we don't need this because we're abandoning our own old life. And they just all dumped their wallets there. So that, that was a little interesting, I thought. And in episode two, after they abandoned the, uh, the bus driver, they go through the woods, unfortunately, uh, no crossover with Kumino Miko because they did see a what appeared to be a bear footprint, a bear a bear print. But throughout the episode, we did see something watching them, 
we don't know if it's an animal, a person, or what, but something's definitely stalking them. And Cody didn't mention it, but two characters went missing. I put that in quotes at the end of the episode, but throughout we actually saw them disappear together. So it's not necessarily something eerie like erased having a cliffhanger. They could just be, you know, doing doing the hibbity dibbity. Although she doesn't seem to be too interested in the guy. One thing I do like about Lost Village that definitely separates it from pretty much every show that we've done on It's in Season, and it's something I uh, kind of complained about or put out there is that a lot of the stuff we've been watching is super serious. But one thing I like about Lost Village, it's it's a it's a mystery, it's a thriller, but at the same time, there's there's some humor involved, like when one of the girl that actually disappeared, or is at least not with the rest of the group, she ended up puking on the old man when he was about to kill them all because he was frustrated about those lazy millennials. So there's definitely some humor involved. So it's not all, you know, grim dark. There's maybe not full of quips like a Marvel movie, but it's definitely a nice little mix that I definitely appreciate. So I guess what I could say is I probably would have skipped out on Lost Village if it wasn't for its in season. So I guess thanks, Cody. <laughs> thanks, Cody. Hashtag um, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, there was something in there that uh, I wanted to ask you, Richard, first of all. Uh, which of these many, many characters would you say that you're enjoying the most? And are there any that you might be rooting for? Well, I did mention that I like the the two cat-themed girls, the, uh, the one with guns and the uh, the short... The short one that sits behind the main character that wears the hoodie. As far as the rest of them go, uh, most of them, I'll be honest, I wouldn't uh, shed a tear if they died. At least for the first two episodes, not too many of them are really, other than the ones I mentioned, are really uh, getting to me. I, I kind of, I guess it's just default, like, status quo that I'm seeing myself in the main character, so I don't necessarily hate them. And Damn I it, Richard, kinda... you have a personality. Come on, well, man. And maybe maybe it's part misogynistic tendencies in myself, but one of the girls was planning on teasing the main character, pretending to like him just to mess with him. And throughout the first two episodes, he seemed to fall in love with every girl that, you know, just actually acknowledged his existence. And then this when this girl's hanging on to him, he actually said, you know what? Maybe I don't love every girl because i'm not in love with you i kind of got a kick out of that when she uh you know lost her shit over that so main character he's he's okay i don't i don't find him completely boring i mean he's just you know he's there he's i wouldn't he's only the main character in the sense that he was the central focus of episode one but everyone else has gotten pretty even share some more than others but I guess they had to really spread it out since there's like 30 characters. We'll see if they pull Walking Dead and just start, you know, calling them throughout the episodes, depending on how long it is, because there's a lot of people. Richard, are you ready for me to give you a Russo-type swerve, bro? Because I'm going to swerve you and I'm going to swerve you hard. 
your favorite character is the guy that disappeared, the wannabe pickup artist? Close, but no. Uh, I would say my favorite character is probably the rapper or the married couple that is way too into PDA. Uh, I get the feeling that they were probably, they probably invested in a really good webcam, if you get what I'm saying. Uh, my favorite character so far is probably the rapper, if only because he, he rapped his story, if nothing else. But in regards to what you said about the main dude, and this is coming from me, Mr. DJM, Mr. Ally person, uh, when he reacted to that girl, the same way that you just described, and the way he kind of was falling for every girl that made any kind of acknowledgement of his existence, and was the way that- he treated- I am in complete agreement with you. I did not like her at all. And she would probably be the first one on the list that I'd say I'm hoping for her to die. All of the rest of them- I still think it's a little early, as they say, it's the feeling out process, but she really rubbed me the wrong way, Uh and yeah, the way she was trying to manipulate the main dude, I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. No, sir, I don't like it. And you know, yeah, go ahead. If I could just, before you move on from that point, if you're still on it, I think there's definitely potential. I don't know if you recall, but there's a video series, I think- on YouTube, something like how to shut a hoe down. And then they ah, queue to that, yeah, that one group yeah, of guys. I yeah. think this is definitely a contender. Yeah. At least that scene. I think if this gets a dub, that will definitely work. This is definitely, this is something that belongs in that category. If this does get a dub. Uh, and I will give the main dude credit. That was really a, a defining moment with him, along with trying to, uh, at the very least help the, the other girl who seemed a little bit on the helpless side. Uh, so he's not totally a schlub. He's not a complete wet noodle. So hopefully he shows a little bit more personality. Um, the rest of the characters. Wow. So many. This felt like a mix of the movie Battle Royal, uh, if you guys have seen that, and the competition show The Voice, in that they're all kind of competing to make it to this mysterious village, and they're all leaving their old lives behind and sort of explained that now they're all dead or they've disappeared and their families don't know where they are. Um... I think we just revealed the uh, the true ending. The thing that's watching them isn't a monster. It isn't a creepy rapist. It's a camera crew. It was us all along. Bum, bum, bum. But episode two. Episode two felt, in a lot of ways, very... It almost felt cliche horror movie. Like, okay, they're all on a bus, and they're all jerks. It was like something out of Final Destination. They're all jerks. You can't really root for any of them, really. The main character is just kind of an avatar for the audience. And then the bus crashes, 
And what happens in horror movies? Oh, let's get away from the bus. At least they didn't decide to split up. Uh, and then all sorts of shenanigans occur and the bus driver finds his way back. And even he, in his own way, is really not exactly the most redeemable character. So I'm hoping as we progress into this show, uh, other than the, the PDA couple just being utterly entertaining and the rapper maybe maybe he'll do like a freestyle or something maybe that might be entertaining i'm hoping that this goes on to where along with some of them just being killed off maybe they'll actually be really entertaining before they die because i feel like with all of these characters it's almost like dare i say it's almost like a wrestling show where there's a little bit of everything for everyone and also the the main protagonist the the guy that we're all supposed to be paying the most attention to really doesn't have much of a personality all his own except that we're told he's the main guy no no is that no good bad analogy no i could start ch- chanting cm punk to you right now if you want Let's just jump into ReZero, Another World. Uh, Cody? Uh, well, I was going to sh- say... Get, yeah, go ahead, we Richard. started last time, why not give the reins to Ness? Because Ness really liked this show. All right, Ness. Or Richard, you are getting, as I know in some circles. You are officially getting tagged in. Uh, let's talk a little bit about ReZero. Go ahead, you're tagged in. Again, before uh, it's in season, ReZero, I would have skipped because just going by the Anna Chart's description and the picture they used, it seemed pretty generic, your everyday, you know, fantasy world anime. So I wasn't planning on uh, watching it, but once again, hashtag, thanks, Cody. Basically... There's a, there's a main character, as there always is, and he is, I guess you could relate to him if you're into that sort of thing. He's a neat, he, he doesn't really have a job, he just spends his time uh, playing games, reading manga, you know, listening to podcasts, that sort of thing. And he finds his way into an, an RPG-esque world, World of Warcraft, EverQuest, or as they like to call it, a parallel world. Where, you know, it almost seems like we can't get away from it. Because uh, the Re and Re-Zero, I don't know what you could say. Could it be Revival, Reset, Restart? Because in this world, he seems to be unable to die. With with Erased, he, the Revival wasn't really explained. It just happened at random points. There was a butterfly effect somewhere in there, and he would just go. But this one, in this world, it seems that... They go back in time to one particular spot, perhaps his last checkpoint, his safe spot, whenever he dies. Our main character, Subaru, is uh, it's just, just a regular dude. But what's inter- really interesting about ReZero is he knows he's in an RPG world. He has that knowledge. For once, being a basement-dwelling creep who does nothing but play video games all day actually – 
can be beneficial because he understands. Oh, come on, brother. Stop being so hard on yourself. (laughs) Well, so even though he has that knowledge, it doesn't mean it's a walk in the park. You can't just walk in there with with the ultimate weapon. So... He doesn't. He's not panicking. Actually, being in this world, as probably most people would, what's going on? So, what we understand is he he goes down an alley because he has no money, so he can't buy any apples, which is, I guess, this world's version of apples. And uh, he meets three bandits, and this is where things get interesting because he attempts to fight them. But the third one pulls out a knife, and this is where some humor comes into play, and he instantly begs for his life by going down on the ground and bowing to them. This is where he meets the uh, other character in, in this show, Satella. She is an ice mage, and uh, un- they reluctantly join forces because she saves him, and he wants to you know, join forces with her because she's a mage. She has power. I mean, it doesn't hurt that she's a good-looking chick, but at the same time, he's weak. He doesn't have any equipment, so she doesn't really want it, but he agrees to help her because she is missing her insignia, her pendant. It was stolen. So basically what happens in the after they join forces in the first episode is uh, as they're searching for it, this is where things get really interesting. They see a wooden house, and they see a dead body. This is where we are introduced to the revival of this show, I guess. As they are in the house, they are attacked themselves, presumably by the, the would-be killer. This is where things get interesting. Subaru, he's revived right back to the fruit stand where he started in this world with the knowledge of what happened. I guess you can call that his experience. And he sees the, the girl, and he yells out to her. But the thing is, she doesn't remember him at all. And that's where he finally finally gets it, that he's being reset into his last save point. So for the rest of the episode, he's going to spend his time helping her and hopefully learning from his mistakes. So will he get the killer? Can he actually get some gold coins? I don't know. One thing's for sure, it's definitely going to be a wild ride. This is ReZero. It- it is, and I will say hashtag thank you, Cody, hashtag legit. I'm, as Poppy on Highly Questionable would say, see, 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 I'm very intrigued by this show two episodes in, but I'll give my take in a second. Uh, Cody, how are you feeling about ReZero so far? You know, like Ness, I enjoy that Subaru was aware of the world and how to act. Like he attempts to get to know the world he's in, he tries to figure out how the money. He doesn't have the right amount of money. Not Cody, one more want, time. So he can't even buy. Cody, one more time. You you dropped out for a second. Oh, uh, okay. Do you hear me now? Yep. Go ahead. Okay. Well, I like Ness. I like that Subaru is aware of he is in a new world, and he has to react to that. He attempts to get to know the money system and if his, if see if he, they can even understand him, which they can. But he doesn't have enough money for an APA. And so the money guy, or so the fruit salesman, won't even help him out. He's not a customer. But 
since he's summoned, he thinks he's automatically gets the protagonist status. However, a couple of thugs try to beat up beat up on him. He learns otherwise. See, in the sen- senseless beating, we're introduced to our heroine. She shows up and saves him. In return, he tries to help find the stolen enig- yeah, the stolen piece. Uh, we never really explained what it is yet, but I imagine we will in episodes to come. This that, that's where part one ends. By the looks of things, it seemed like it was going to be a pretty pretty standard transported to a fantasy world show, like Richard alluded to. There's so many of those. This was half lighthearted, had some okay humor, and it just was okay overall. You could say it was safe if you're into this genre, but the second half, part 1B, is really what sold me on this show. Um, the contrast between the first half and the second is already huge. Shifting from the lighthearted tone to a dark and gory show, it was a little unexpected, but it wasn't completely jarring. The, shuff, the shift felt right. As a kid, I've always wanted to know what life would be like if you were in a video game. It may have something to do with playing Digimon Adventure games, but I thought about it often. Well, Subaru gets to experience this firsthand. What one forgets about is, what happens if you die in a video game? Is it like you never happen, you go to the beginning, or do you feel pain? Well, our main character knows exactly how it feels. I don't think it's both. It's both. Yeah. It's both, but I don't think he would suggest you feeling that pain. I don't think it's original concept, as we saw in Erased, but for a fantasy world show, I'm liking what it's bringing to it. The premiere was just okay, but the second half, like I said, sold it for me. There's tropey elements. There's no denying that, but I think there's enough that it sets it apart for now. It has a strong animation throughout, no dip in quality either. Um, Cody, Richard, uh, I, I really enjoyed the first episode of this series, uh, because it was a bit lighthearted and, and pretty entertaining. And I liked seeing that our main character, uh, was at level one in this game. And that reminded me that, yes, when you start a game like this, you're at level one and lots of times you're going to get the crap kicked out of you because you're at level one and it's going to take you some time to learn some things. And then we see that poor Subaru, uh, none of the characters in this world are willing to help him along. So again, it's exactly like online games like this. He's being treated like a noob. He's being killed. He's being disrespected. He's being beat up and he's being mugged uh, until episode two but we'll get into that in a minute then uh with episode 1b uh there was a moment in this where subaru uh and the the girl are talking and he he has this little moment of dialogue where he clearly knows how stories like this go and he's saying Oh, and then you'll laugh at me and say, ah, ha, 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 Baka, I could never depend on you. And then they're both like, well, let's just skip all of that. I believe in you and you can do your best. And I thought that was actually a pretty nice little deconstruction of tropes such as that that happen uh, so many times in anime. It was a a nice little bit of self-awareness, which I really appreciated. Uh, but then we find out that this girl... 
uh, she got killed pretty quickly, too. So it makes me think, okay, they're both level one. So we've got to see how both of them are going to progress. Uh, and when we get to episode two, uh, the action starts to pick up a little bit and we start to see how the world really is. We're introduced to Felt. We're introduced to Old Man Rom. We're introduced to the scary disemboweling lady. And we're going to, we're also introduced to the character that I really like. Of course, DJM appreciates the night, Reinhard. Shut up. Yes. I appreciated him. I appreciated how Subaru was like, wow, this dude is a legit knight. And he's super nice, unlike everybody else here. And that's kind of awesome. Yes, I, I definitely appreciated Reinhard. And I hope he stays around for a while. Because it looks like Subaru and everybody else, except for the scary disemboweling lady, is really going to need a lot of help. Now, guys, let me ask you. Um, did either of you ever watch any of the anime from the Dot Hack franchise? I'm going to have to pull a Dean Ambrose here and just say, nope. Cody? No, I haven't, but I remember having one of the games back in the day. Okay. Um, well, I, I was a big, big fan of the Dot Hack franchise. I had all of the games and i watched just about the entire anime franchise the, the entire anime universe so this reminded me a lot of what in a lot of ways of the dot hack franchise of being stuck in a fantasy rpg world uh, except in the case of dot hack except for one series in particular uh legend of the twilight uh dot hack took something of a darker approach and uh, almost a futuristic approach. Uh, with this show, it was almost a, a, a yin to dot hacks yang. Uh, it was a guy that was in a fantasy RPG world, but he, he, and he also knew that and was aware of it, but nobody else did. He, to, to them, he was just another dude. A very strange dude with modern technology that blew everybody's minds, but nobody else caught on to this being sort of a different world because it's, it's their world. It's the world they live in. Uh, I'm really interested in seeing how, uh, Subaru is going to adapt to this. Uh, I'm really interested in just how important uh, the witch girl is in all of this. And I want to see how this turns out. I want to see how this ends. Uh, I feel like with this show, we might have one that I'm really, really interested in. And I'm usually not one for fantasy anime or fantasy games or fantasy anything, really. But I'm interested. And once again, hashtag thanks Cody. Well done, Codiferous. Well done. I want to mention when you were mentioning, uh, I want to talk about how you were talking about uh, Reinhard. I like that moment. Subaru is learning. He was calling for help for the guards. This time he wasn't having any of the any of the street crew at all. He was just calling for help. He was learning on that. I appreciated that. 
Uh, and wasn't there that one part where he actually beat them up? Uh, and I would think that something would have popped up and told him he leveled up or something, wouldn't there? I figured, but maybe he didn't go up a level. Which means those guys really weren't that strong after all. So it's a good thing that he did it. Although he did say that even though he plays video games and doesn't really do much else, he does exercise. So, and he was wearing his tracksuit. So maybe he's, maybe he's a little tougher than he looks. You have to remember, he's probably still in school. So there might be a PE course for him to take. He's breaking stereotypes. There, there's nothing wrong with with uh, a weeaboo, you know, doing a few push-ups and going for a jog every now and then. There's nothing wrong with that get, at all. Uh, when you go get your weekly Shonen Jump from the convenience store, some, if you go at night like he was doing, because that's when the episode first episode kicked off, you don't want to casually walk down those dangerous streets because you got to watch out for the molesters. So he was he had his running shoes on, that's for sure. And one thing you gotta know about fantasy games is that it's always important to have comfortable shoes, or at least shoes that will protect you from those little monsters that attack your feet or, or something. I don't know. Is that how fantasy games work? I don't know. You never want to stomp on anything that has spikes, that's for sure. Good, good to know. Don't, don't stomp on anything that has spikes. If you learn nothing else, from this episode of It's In Season, uh, learn that you shouldn't stomp on spiky things. Uh, not even spiky-haired anime characters. Uh, Should uh, we discuss episode two? Yeah, let, let's let's we can dive into episode two a little bit. I did. So, Richard, how, how did you feel about episode two? Well, he's definitely learning from his mistakes. In ep- in the first episode. What happens is Felt is the person who stole the the mage's insignia, her, her jewel, whatever it is. She's a lot like uh, Gotham's young Catwoman. She's just a thief that's trying to get by, doing what she can. And uh, the dude that we saw killed, is actually, he's actually kind of looking over for her and working with her. So Subaru offers his cell phone, which is... It's like a magic item to them because they're not from the modern world. And they were going to sell it to her, uh, felt for the exchange for the insignia to help out his mage pal. That's where we meet the evil witch that wants it too. And since she tried to do the right thing and buy it, but since she can't buy it because Subaru's is more powerful or worth more, she just kills them all because that's what powerful evil people do. When Subaru, after they died, Subaru learned though. He's like, you know what I can do? Since it's repeating the same scenario over and over, I can just go up to Fine Felt, buy it, and get the fuck out of there like I, ju- like I just won the hardcore title. So uh, that's what he, that's basically what he does, and uh, he, he tries to uh, negotiate. But here's where things take a little turn for the worse is since he knows exactly what he wants, exactly how much it's worth and what, what the big guy's going to say, not that one. He uh, felt she's a little suspicious. She's a thief, so she knows exactly what kind of person she's dealing with, or she assumes anyway. She wants to know why he's so specific and why he wants this over her employer. Her employer is the witch, obviously. And so she's not quite ready to hand it over. 
And that's when there's a there's a knock on the door. In in their previous uh, scenario, it was the witch who was coming to claim her prize. So Super was like, no, no, don't don't open the door. We're all gonna die. And it had a very very erased cliffhanger moment at that point. At least there was dread getting punched in the gut on my end. But what that turns out is uh, instead of the evil witch, it was the mage. She shows up and she, she, with the answers, like, why do you think I'm going to kill you? She just wants her stuff. And that's where episode two ends. So uh, ReZero, it's definitely – it's it's cliffhangery, but in a good way. It's definitely – I guess, as David says, he wants to know what's going to happen next, and that's really how you want anime to end. Just craving the next episode, not not a sigh of relief that it's finally over like some shows. ReZero. Hashtag thanks, Cody. But we're not going to wear it wear it out all season. We're just I'm just letting you know, I do appreciate your taste, at least this season. I agree, Technically, Cody. If, you, if you want to go at it, I picked the same shows you did. But you got credit for it in the past. We I don't always think... said they overlapped, but you got the credit. Well, I don't so. think you picked prison school. Yeah, girls, yeah. girls, you're both pretty. <laughs> Sadly, <laughs> I did. <laughs> we are smart, sexy, and powerful. I'm a trademark. I'm a pretty trademark. guardian. We're you strong are and independent, and we don't need no man. That's right. You're you're all lovable cupcakes in my heart and all of you listening are as well thank you so much for listening to it's in season if you're enjoying this show and you're enjoying everything we do at delta julia mike media uh check out the patreon no pressure patreon.com slash delta julia mike uh cody what have you got going on in between finals what have you got going on i just have a sailor moon rewatch you can find that on Twitter, Cody the Weeb. But check out the Patreon. I don't really have anything interesting, but that's more important right now. All right, Richard, what have you got? Well, if you uh, if you, if you liked what we produced so far, talking about stuff, and you liked my segments in particular, well. And you want to see me uh, play some games? I recently started a Let's Play series, which you can view by uh, either following me at Real Radish Man, which you should do anyways, because I'll periodically post links, or you can go directly to my blog at realradishman.blogspot.com, and I'll play some games and talk about it. Kind of like this, only with something to look at. Now, I know you've been playing a few video games uh, from back in the day, Richard. Uh, and you've been putting them up on the YouTubes. Uh, do you have a YouTube channel that people can subscribe to? I do have a YouTube channel. Unfortunately, I don't have a YouTube name. It's just a string of numbers going back to whenever I signed up for Google. But I will have the link in my Twitter profile that you guys can click on it, view the videos. And yes, you can indeed subscribe so you know exactly when a new one is out. But I'll keep you guys informed. And I will put that link in the show notes for all of you that are subscribed in iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Music Podcasts, and wherever else podcasts can be aggregated. Look for It's In Season. If you can't find it by a name, try my name, David Majors. For Cody Anderson and Richard Waters, 
Thank you for listening to It's in Season, and we will be back next time. Hashtag thank you, Cody.